0: Hey Agility Addicts, before we drop into our episode, I wanted to take a quick second here to mention Cody's Creations, one of our fabulous sponsors. Cody's Creations, or Carrie Beck, the creator of Cody's Creations, is a local collar maker out of Massachusetts, but she is nationally recognized and nationally ships nationally. My collars that my dogs wear at Agility Trials have received... Lots of compliments. And I just wanted to share where I got them from. And as you know, Michelle and I, not only are we huge fans of Cody's Creations, but we don't have a lot of pennies to rub together. Cody's Creations creates custom-designed collars, leashes, and harnesses without breaking the bank. I can't tell you how amazing, amazing her products are. And I highly recommend that you go check her website out. It's C-O-D-Y-S. C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S dot com. That will take you right to her Etsy page. Check out her products. You can also email her and ask her for any specifics. I have over 25 products from Cody's Creations. Michelle, probably more. She has a few more dogs than me. And they're just fabulous. She does biothane. She does nylon leashes, customized leather. It's just incredible. So really check her out. Little bow ties if you've got a pregnancy announcement or just want to make your dog look cute, treat totes, you name it, she's got it. So check her out. She supports us. We want you guys to support her. And best of all, you can do so by getting 15% off by using the code STARTLINE at codyscreations.com. And now I'd like to welcome you to our next episode. Thanks so much.
1: are you ready steady welcome to start line every journey is different but they all start with the start line we're here to edutain
0: you about the world of dog agility the sport has changed rapidly in just a few years we have been a part of it
1: join us as we discuss our journeys share our successes laughs and failures
0: we will be joined by special guests and our hope is for you to help us grow the sport we love
1: episode 20 go hey guys it's michelle and kara and on this episode we are talking about obsessing, obsessing. so what do we mean by obsessing there's so many different ways we can take obsessing but i think to be specific we're going to talk about creating issues because we're obsessing about them so something happens in a trial that's a little weird or a little off like One of our examples that comes up in quite a few of our dogs that we're going to use as examples is the weave poles. Mm -hmm. Our dogs pop out of the weave poles for whatever reason. And then we start to worry, are they going to pop out of the weave poles in the next run? Will they do it on this run? And then the issues that can be created because of this. Where are the weave poles
0: placed? Oh, they can't do that. Oh, are they going to get, you bring so much to that start line and- Let me just start this off by saying Michelle and I are coming from absolute 100% experience. Yep. We have obsessed and still occasionally obsessed. I am currently on the tail end of a weave pole obsession with my dog, Phoenix. And get this. I had a previous weave pole obsession with my dog, Debbie, but they were completely different weave pole obsessions. Debbie would go in and pop out. She had almost no problem getting her entries. Phoenix won't go in. So yeah, it's a,
1: we've been there. Yep, and this past weekend, Mm -hmm. I am still kind of battling my obsession with, uh, I'm gonna call him my little one bar wonder. Mm -hmm. How many double Q's I have lost because my dog has dropped one bar. And it's because I'm obsessing over the bars. And it's because I'm over managing the bars now. And he thinks I'm weird.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, how come exactly one year ago, this past weekend, I put up a post about Walter triple queuing with the very same judge who he visits. But for some reason this weekend, he visited her and we NQ'd. I mean, that could be a little obsessive because I actually, one run, I, I I guess for lack of a better word, yelled at Lavonda. Because she said something like, oh, I love Walter. And I put my hand up literally to shush her. And I said, do not talk to him. He will punch you. And. Because I was being silly, I actually got through that run. But did that spill over into my other runs, and did I worry about him going and visiting her? Mm Mm-hmm. Did he go and visit her and blow the cue? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It was cute, though.
0: It was cute, but I I stomped my foot and threw a hissy fit. (laughs)
1: Well, I have stomped my feet and threw hissy fits over bars coming down, so. While in the weaves, which is really good for proofing, (laughs) P.S.,
0: So yeah, obsessing, I think, comes comes with the nature of agility because we train so hard. We, we go to classes usually, you know, at least an hour a week, and we work so hard for that 30 to 40 seconds in the ring, and we get so disappointed when it goes wrong, and then we put so much pressure on ourselves and our dogs, and our dogs know this, and the biggest example I personally have is my Weave Pull Journey with Debbie. She was decent at weave poles and we would get to trials and suddenly she popped for some reason. I don't know why it was usually at pole 10 and then she did it again and it might've only been once or twice. And suddenly I'm now panicking about the weave poles. Michelle, how often did I chatter about where the weave poles were on the map?
1: It was always about the weave poles. It it was was about whether or not you should front cross at the end of the weave poles or if you should run with the weave poles on your right or your left which one mattered more? I literally... always... Obsessed. It could be a course about any... You know, everybody else would obsess about like, oh, there's an off course potential over there. Kara was worried about the weave poles Always. And guess what she usually did? Popped the damn weave poles. Yep. So I
0: made a thing about them. Every... And, and even just... I know it's hard to control our emotions when we get to the line. But I so clearly... hard. I clearly brought that to the line. And so... What helped me break my mental kind of block w- was two things. One, so first off, I thought it was a training issue. So you can imagine I went to every seminar possible and I, I learned some really cool vet wicked weaves with a man of shine. I could send this dog from across the room and she would get her weaves. I could be in the backyard on my deck and send her to her weaves and she would do her weaves. So we clearly didn't have a obstacle ability or commitment issue, we had a trial stress issue. So then um, I finally talked to, you know, bunches of people started to get through to me. Like, Kara, maybe it's you. It's hard to hear. It, It is. But then our trial secretary, Noreen, said to me, well, does Debbie enjoy agility in general? I said, oh, yeah. She goes, so if you get weird in the weave poles and she pops, what do you do? And I was like, well, I've been going on. Sometimes I correct her, but I generally just go on. And she said, if you pop, you stop. And I turned that into, if you don't weave, we leave. And for that dog, it was the right decision. Because even though I was the emotional cause, I smelled weird, my pheromones were all over the place, or my hormones were just stinky, and Debbie was like, ew. I, even though I was the cause of her stopping, I needed her to work through that. And one of the ways I imprinted on her to work through it was, you do not get to go on even if I'm weird, your job is to complete the poles. And once I connected those two dots, I don't even think about them anymore. I don't even think about the weave poles
1: anymore. Oh yeah, it's night and day with you guys. Not once. Now you tell her to weave and you're like, girl, you do your job? Yeah. I'm gonna go over here and do what I need to do. And And they're absolutely beautiful. All that lateral distance
0: I trained, I now have. Yep. She broke six yards per second this weekend. Part yep. of that is in the weave, so. Yeah. Again, again, I don't have an exact solution for everybody. And I don't want to put too much blame on the handler and say, is your obsession causing a lot of this? But it's probably your obsession causing a lot of your problems. Are you a- you don't
1: think it is. Yes. Are you able
0: to step back and connect some dots? And we're here to help you connect the dots because we've been through
1: it. So, Michelle, I remember your table issues with Riley. Yeah. Yeah, Riley... Riley, I think it was, I don't know, one trial, we were going, we had a great run, and then all of a sudden we come up to the table, and she refused it. Went around it, chose another obstacle, stress relief in some way, and I was like, what what is happening here? So then, true to, the, true to me, I, I am very big. I can obsess pretty easily when something goes wrong, and it's something out of the ordinary for one of my dogs. I, I know I get obsessive about it.
0: I think I'm gonna be fair to all of us. We all do. Hello. Yeah. The day yeah. that I noticed a bump on Debbie's beehole, I was like, <laughs> literally, Michelle's husband is our vet, and I probably wrongfully was like, Can you text him and send him a picture? I mean, I literally finished the it trial did. early. She did. She enabled me. <laughs> I literally left the trial at like one thirty that day and flew down to her husband's office. He slipped me in. Like, talk about enabling. Um, it turns out she does end up needing to get it removed because it grew faster than it did. But at that moment, it was not catastrophic.
1: Luckily, we're like 99.9% sure it's benign.
0: But let's talk about obsessing over anyway her her hitch or her limp. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to make you feel better. We all obsess. Yeah. Absolutely. It is, I think it's human nature. We care about these dogs. We have the understanding that they did not sign the form to play that day. We did. And so I think we have this immense guilt to make certain that they are okay. And when they display
1: behaviors that they're not, that's
0: when we freak out.
1: Yep. Yeah, so Riley's one time refusing a table ended up turning into, oh my God, is she going to take the table? And she would refuse it quite a few times. So her solution and the thing that we tried is... I was told and I was given some wise advice from fellow exhibitors and instructors that we need to build up the value of the table. And for Riley, she loves agility. She loves to run, and the table is it's it's a very boring obstacle for the dogs. They have to stop their motion, they have to get into a certain position if you require one. They have to stay there for 5 seconds. It's boring. Personally, I hate the table. I hope the table leaves one day sooner rather than later. Agreed. But I digress. She just had a very hard time with the table. So what we did is in class at home, we did everything on the table. We ate meals on the table. We went to the table. We got tons of cookies just for going on the table to the point where she was seeking out tables in class. And it for us that worked, that was our solution, and every once in a while the little the little table refusal comes out, and we just go home and I call it boot camp, I call it table boot camp, we go to table boot camp, we work on our table again, we rebuild our value for the table, and that helps. But I definitely lost a fair amount by creating stress to her by obsessing over it. yeah, I mean, I lost a solid
0: year not all we didn't always end in queue, but i remember we were stuck in excellent and then got into masters and we floundered it was 2014 because so i remember i had had surgery sorry 2016 i'd had surgery and nina ran debbie for me once and i was like oh she'll never do polls for somebody strange <laughs> and she
1: oh she got her excellent title that may have that may have been the big moment for you actually i think it if w- i remember correctly where you were like wow okay i guess it really is me So, and I think,
0: again, each person's situation is different. But if you have something similar to a weave pole issue, maybe take somebody else. And and some dogs won't run for anybody else. I get that. Debbie is not the best at running for other people. Michelle has tried. Michelle has cued with her. But the first time she was like, the cheese stopped. Why, Why am I running for you? But regardless, maybe have somebody else who doesn't have those feelings run your dog. And then they don't have those issues. So that happened with Sirocco. Um, I love that dog. They have a, that is a very well-trained Portuguese water dog. And she was having leave pole issues and I ran him and ran him in a premier standard course. Now he did pop his poles, but I gave him a terrible entry. Like that was a thousand percent handler error, but he, when he got in, he ran through them quickly because I wasn't. Right, And the issue was
1: slowing down
0: mm-hmm. in trial. Mm-hmm. So if that helps you step away and be more objective than subjective see if somebody else can run your dog just to see if that that gremlin the pole gremlin the table demon the seesaw you know goblin goes away because that can give you information now don't do it if it stresses your dog out there are some dogs that they try and run with other handlers and they just get I call it mommy-itis or handler-itis I should be more Open to the sexes. There are men that run agility. <laughs> but just keep in mind, gather information. And also, I'll admit, it's very hard to change. Even when I connected the dots with my weave pole issue with Debbie, and it was almost an overnight change because I was able to be okay with it, sometimes it would come back out. She would pop, and I would immediately. And she would pop for legit reasons. I fixed my hair. I turned away. I looked the other... Like, I pulled her out. I would freak out. I'd have a little freak out moment.
1: And, and we both know, I think most of our listeners know, if you don't already know, agility is a mental game. Mm-hmm. It is more than just a physical sport with you and your dog. It is a big, big mental game. So when we get into a bad mental state and we start worrying about things, our I mean, our dogs are... Sirius is a great great attest to this. Sorry, I got distracted by ki <laughs> Yes, my, my cat just
0: she has to come across me. I have a little tray for <laughs> well, back in the day when we had mouse, mice, mouse, mouses. Mice. Mice. But do you call it a computer mice? Oh, I thought you were talking about actual mice. No, we haven't had mice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're talking about a cat, who knows? <laughs>
0: Hi Kika. When we had actual mouse pads, it's a it's like a mouse pad tray, that oh. is now converted to a cat table. for oh, Okay. Yeah. So she jumps on the shredder, which I've had to cover because she has turned it on, and okay. that is not safe. Thankfully, <laughs> she's still with us. Um, but yes, we have this. She was getting across to her table. I can maybe put a picture of her. I should train her to do agility. She would do it willingly.
1: She was. Oh, my God. Listen to her purring. Oh, yeah. She's rubbing on the microphone. (laughs) That was cute. Anyways. Uh, Anyway. uh, Sirius can absolutely read my mind. I swear. Oh, yeah. They can. (laughs) He is mama's boy, 110%. I am so attached to this dog. I mean, we have separation anxiety from each other. Like, we can't (laughs) handle it. So... (laughs) the feeling is mutual. But anyway, there have been times where I am running a course and I planned a front cross and I get to that line and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do a rear cross here instead. And in my mind, and I'm watching my video, I don't see a whole lot of handler movement, but I can see a bar come down and I swear it's me going, I'm going to do a rear cross here instead. And all of a sudden the bar came down because I swear he's thinking he knows I'm not focused on the course. But anyway, with him, he is so in tune to me. If I'm weird or nervous about anything, the bar the bar would come down or he would slow down. Something would change because he's so in tune to me and the way that my mental state is. So if I'm not in the game and if I'm not fully into this course, if there's a course where I'm just not really feeling, he knows. I know he knows. And that's why the bar issue for him It's still I'm still recovering from this But Alright let's just say I, I think it's safe to say Would you would you agree that I've probably lost Almost a whole mocks worth of double Q's Due to a bar At oh, least yeah. one bar yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like Double Q But one bar in one run It's not like I had a bar in every run I had a bar in just one of those runs I would have been a double Q. And we all know, anybody who knows AKC, it's all about the double Qs. So anyway, I started to get frustrated. I started obsessing over the bars. And I would go around and I'm talking and I'm waiting to go in for a run. And I would say, keep your bars up. Let's keep our bars up. Let's keep our bars up. And I'm watching the videos and I'm going through them. And I'm like, what is going on with these bars? And then one day I was like, you know what? He doesn't do this in class. Just run him like in class. What do I have to lose? If I run him like I do in class where I'm not worrying about bars, the only thing I'm gonna lose is potentially a Q, which I'm already losing anyway. So I just, one run, I just was like, you know what? Stop thinking about the double Q. Stop thinking about the pressure. Get into the mental game. I have little tags on my shoes that have sayings on them. One of them says, run fast, think faster. And I just, I look down at that kind of stuff. Just remind myself to get into the game. Run like we do in class, and wouldn't you know it, all the bars stayed up. We had a great run, faster than usual, all the bars stayed up. And, you know, you might think hearing this, like, well, yeah, duh. That's why we go to class. So you can go to trial and run like you run in class. It's a lot easier said than done.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's, let's let's, That's a good segue into my Phoenix weave pull issue. So the difference between Debbie and I in class was I would have trial stress. I still I'm not gonna lie I still get to that line and sometimes I don't I walk into the course I'm like blah, blah 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 this is fun I still and it could be a run that doesn't matter like you know it's not I don't have a double Q on the line I still get nervous yeah yep I do too I get the butterflies in my stomach and I think that's part of the adrenaline junkie rush that we go for because a little bit of us gets off on that feeling but sometimes that feeling I think can take over and then I start to worry And Phoenix, Phoenix is a very different dog than I am still trying to figure out. Again, I'm going to mention Amanda Shine. I brought her when she was four months old to a seminar with Amanda Shine and Amanda loved her. And I've never had anybody pour over my dogs as an agility star, but Amanda loved her. And she said, Ooh, I really like this dog. She's a thinker. And that is a good thing and a bad thing. Yep. Because she thinks so much. When she thinks, for example, I have a time to beat run. She's in the 20-inch class. She got eight points. She's a boxer. She's not a border collie. She's not a fast golden. She got eight points. And not a lot of people in cute. It was a beautiful course. That was a proud moment. Why? She ran fast and furious like she does in training. In that moment, she was thinking agility is fun. I got in the right headspace with her. Sometimes... And and I will blame myself, because I know I'm the cause of it. She gets in the wrong headspace and gets ewy, And she'll just... She will literally just run by the weaves. Maybe go in one, but otherwise she just runs right by them. Like, they just don't exist.
1: Yeah, it's a total, like, displacement. It's a displacement. I didn't see them. Oh,
0: you want me to do what? Where well, Debbie would go in and then pop out. This was... I I can't possibly go in there. And... I watched videos. This is where the power of video, little snippet, please people have friends, video you, you, video, you. we're lucky. We often have a videographer, they're eight bucks. He has a sign down as we're lighting up. There's no NQs, there's just learning, something along those lines.
1: Yeah, it's so, a great one. I like it's that. It's a great
0: one. so I watch my videos and I crowd her in trial and I go, get him, get him, you get him, get him. And I do this like whimpery, like I'm begging her to do them. Then I didn't have somebody record me, but I took note of how I do them in, tra- in training. I actually give space, run a head, and I go, you get them, get them, get them. And I'm like much more forceful about them. So I took the train as you trial, trial as you train, literally, and brought it into, I said, I am going to pretend we're at Terry Arnold's. And I'm brought in you on a Wednesday night. And sure as hell. She went in those weaves. She didn't think. She didn't think. And because this dog is such a thinker, I had to prevent her from actually thinking and treat it just like any other obstacle. We used right. to have, we had seesaw problems and table problems with the same dog.
1: Because I choose not to think about them. They're not problems. Right. And, then, and that's the thing. If you think about it, then the dog is like, oh, they're being weird again. Mm-hmm. Now there's a reason for this. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's it's the most simple advice you can possibly get and it's like dog. And the most yeah, impossible to follow. <laughs> yes. It <laughs> really is. Because yeah, it's like the weave poles are fast in class because we're not worrying about them. And because we we're don't not have worrying a cue about on them, the line. Then we're acting different in trial. Like you said, you're saying something completely different. And when you have a dog that thinks and they're like, What? What does this mean? What What are you talking about now? And then they're confused and they're a little stressed and then they're wondering what's going on. You know, it's just like it's contact behavior for people that or people that are worrying about with their dogs With contacts. They don't worry about it in class. They may say hit it in class. And then all of a sudden they get to a trial and they're crowding their dog and they're like, touch, touch. And the dog is like, whoa. What, what do you mean touch? What is that? Whoa, you don't crowd me. What is this? and then it just kind of snowballs it's, it's a, a never-ending cycle sometimes and it, or it's a very hard cycle to end
0: it is so um to kind of tie into bad dog agility i listened to one of their episodes i'll have to get the number of it but they said once it was an episode on contagion and Esteban talked about if you have a problem in agility how contagious is it and so for example i wrongfully have convinced myself that my contact problem which is a training issue is not contagious because it only causes one fault it doesn't cause other issues like a start line problem is very contagious because it can throw the whole course off right yep. if we don't have a proper a w- way to handle the start line it can ruin the whole course a contact issue just ruin just causes an nq it doesn't ruin the whole course so i have to lean on that idea and admit that i think obsessing is super contagious it has yeah. a high contagion level because we bring it to the start line so they're already we're already weird before we've even gotten to said obstacle for example one of the runs this weekend phoenix was weird and i i i don't remember Thinking anything about the weave poles, but I owned it. I was like, I must have caused this.
1: Was I, it the run where it was jump weave, like it was all last weekend? Uh huh. So yeah, I want to translating it from that from last weekend. Uh huh. So, in all fairness to a dog, jump weave is
0: terribly demotivating and not the, their favorite thing to do. Right? I don't know how many dogs there are a few, but I don't know many dogs that like run off the line and are like yeah weave poles. A lot of dogs have problems with jump weaves. Yep. I pretty darn certain sorry K-Kat's on the, so on the mic again i'm pretty darn certain i brought that ick factor right into the ring with us and she was like ick so she refused him once and then all of a sudden i brought her back and i do these like claw hands and i do that at <laughs> home which is like that i don't know what was that movie with um the claw yeah was it liar 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 where he you know he talks <laughs> to his kid and he's like i want to bring out the claw i do that to phoenix and she loves it and it brings her back to happy zone and so I, you know, was like, oh, I'm going to get you. And she was like, okay. And I go, get your weevies!" And she's like, gladly. Okay. Well, if I just started on the start line like that, like my time to beat run, yeah. where I ran with her like fun, because it's like time to beat. I didn't care, right? No double Q on the line. Let's
1: have fun. Right. So it's funny how Sirius has way more fast cues than he does regular standard or jumpers cues. Right. Because you don't care about fast. Right.
0: You do, but not as much as you care about a double Q. So I know you guys are probably sitting there going, yeah, easier said than done. You're right. You're not wrong. But if we can help you get in a different headspace. Guys, I have, AKC, put earmuffs on. I have sipped alcohol occasionally just to take that edge off. I didn't run drunk. But when, when the facilities, most of the facilities don't allow alcohol, but we've been to some campgrounds and the Big E allows you to have a drink. I have taken advantage of that because it's a false sense of it makes me feel like I'm taking the edge off Yeah. where half a beer isn't going to really actually take the edge off. It's, it's a placebo for me, you know, but a lot of people will take mints, which does help cover up the nervousness of your breath, but it's also acting as a placebo for you. It's It's a, it's making you feel it's a security blanket. It's making you feel like you can get through this. So If it takes a
1: little trickery on your part to trick your
0: brain, by all means, do it.
1: Yeah, Um, I've done the mints. I've also done... I know some people in their walkthroughs will walk with headphones mm -hmm. on, and I have done it, and I actually have to get back into doing it again, because for me, it centers me. For whatever reason, having the music in my ear, even if you play it out on the walkthrough, like that helps a lot too, but when you have the earbuds in people are less likely to start a conversation with you while you're in your walkthrough Mm -hmm. or you don't hear them or you can pretend you don't hear them (laughs) because because of the earbuds and that helps center you a little bit and i did notice that i was a little bit more focused on my handling and how i was going to do things with those in so like that's another trick i have definitely tried the mints
0: i tried the mints i swore by mints for forever i even bought the It's
1: not called chill out, but there
0: was some essential oil that I would rub on my... Oh, yep. I've um, done that, too. Yeah, on my wrists to smell. It was a calming... It smelled nice. Yeah, it
1: was like like a lavender chamomile type thing. Was calming.
0: Whatever it takes, you know. Yeah. If that works for you to get your mind in a better place... The shoe tags? The shoe tags. I have shoe tags on two of my shoes that say, trust your dog. Why? Phoenix... Knows the weave poles. Well, let me actually get into that in a second. But Debbie knew her weave poles. Walter knows that
1: when I desell, that means go into your contact. Sirius knows how to jump. Right. And he actually jumps very well. I do jump grids at home where I pretend I'm falling over and doing somersaults. And he can keep a bar higher than his jump height up. No problem. He knows obsessy and obsessing and worrying and weird and they're like what's going on you know they you think about it agility is it's a sport app you know we're athletes our dogs are athletes they're responsible for running a course all under our direction and if we are not giving a hundred percent to them how can we expect them to do their job a hundred percent because they have to think about what we're trying to tell them to do as well speaking of giving a hundred percent let's take
0: hundred percent of a minute or two to give a moment of thanks to our sponsors. Hey, agility addicts. I have a really cool sponsor to tell you guys about that I actually went after. Walter recently got his mock, well I know, surprising. And I wanted to celebrate it with his fan club. And so I wanted to bring something special. And we all know mock cakes are kind of off the table right now. They're not very COVID friendly. So I wanted something such as cookies, which could be individually wrapped. I checked with a bunch of local bakeries. They were booked way out. It wasn't, an, an, you know, or they were prices that I was found a little pricey. So I looked online and even though they're local to me, I found a really cool company called Wicked Good Cookies. Now in New England, wicked means very or super. And they live up to their name. They have $5 flat rate shipping nationwide. So whether you live in Tacoma, Washington, or Sarasota Springs, Florida, you can get these cookies for 5 bucks. If you live locally or you're at a trial I'm going to, I'm happy to pick them up for you. They'll give you some extra cookies. But they've also done us a deal because I explained to him all about you know, agility and how we celebrate and mock cakes and how we need cookies instead and COVID safe. And for 15% off using the discount code STARTLINE, Wicked Good Cookies is honoring our discount, which is super cool. So please go check out wickedgoodcookies.com. You can also get them if you're local to New England through DoorDash, Grubhub. They're just in Boylston, Mass. 15% off your order. They can put anything you want on picture-wise. These are great for kids going back to school. It's also wonderful for weddings. Birthdays, you can't be there. You can send a box of cookies, but more specific to agility for your championships, or even just a great title, or just hey, let's make agility fun again. Check out Wicked Good Cookies and use a discount code Start Line to save fifteen percent today. And we're back. All right, so yeah, I think what you said, Michelle, is super poignant. It's super where we need to be in this headspace. We as, you know, Starline podcast want to offer solutions for you. So one of them is gather information. Try and see if somebody else running your dog, at least for that obstacle, if you can in trial, if they can do it because they don't think about it. They don't have that stress. Think about are you truly asking this dog to complete this obstacle as you do in class? I wasn't Same I was, cues and everything. I was crowding the weave poles and acting differently than I was in trial versus training. So change that up, really focus on, here's another thing that I had to do. I had to look at my start line behavior. So I would feed Phoenix up until you know the last second in class. Feed, 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 get her in a setup, give her a treat for setup, and then release her. Well, I can't do that in trial. I believed, and it might be true, that one of the reasons why she got weird when we entered the ring and hesitant was because the food stopped. So I decided to stop my food earlier. With Debbie, I had to rule out food completely because her little brain explodes. So really dissect everything about your runs. And Michelle had a really good point. She was talking with her husband earlier about how do
1: you know you're truly obsessing over something? And what, what was it that you guys came up with? So if you ask a friend or somebody, your exhibitor, how their run went and the first thing they do is pinpoint the issue that they're obsessing over. So for example, I have done it myself. Someone said, how did your run go with serious? Oh, we had another bar. Oh, he kept all the bars up this time. And I, all I would talk about was the bars, I would forget everything else. I forget his beautiful contacts, his fast weave pulls, his fast time. It was always about that one thing. And even for, for Kara with Debbie, how did it go? Well, we didn't shoot into her weaves. Or this so weekend, you... <laughs> anybody
0: asked me. I even posted on Facebook. For all of you following on my journey, this run meant a lot because she did her weaves. Not how about when I watched the run, she had the most gorgeous, or I I did. Okay. For many of you, I have problems fronting. I truly understand the value of it. It collection. They are needed. But I, I am a delayed fronter and it's not good, and so I have problems with fronts. I did a beautiful front in this time to beat run that so clearly and sharply told Phoenix we were doing jump to a seesaw. She read it gorgeously, but instead of focusing on that, I'm like, she did her weaves, I was so excited.
1: Like, really? You know, I I have to say, when I posted Sirius's, one of his jumpers runs over the weekend, it was a cue, it was beautiful. I almost, I literally typed out on the last sentence, we would have had a double Q, but he had a bar down in standard. And I actually deleted it. I caught myself and I deleted it. And I was like, you know what? No, I can't keep obsessing over these bars.
0: We've got to stop obsessing. So, you know, obsessing, some of you might've thought at the beginning of this episode, we were going to talk about obsessive (laughs) walks, which is when literally the judge allows you, they're a little bit more rare in COVID, When the judge allows you to walk the walk before, walk the course before your official walkthrough. Literally, obsess, pick things you want to then focus on in your actual walkthrough. That's the sort of pseudo definition or relative definition of obsessing in agility. It's called an obsessive walkthrough. It's when you're obsessing and not really actually focusing on what you need to do, but freaking out about. You know getting in there early and figuring out what you you know what your panic spots are and and we just if we can step back if we can encourage each other to step back so change your mindset when you come out of the ring and your friend says to you how'd the run go pick something good to talk about find the positive find the positive because that will help your mind and your dog's mental health to be in the right place because I watched it. Debbie had an ungodly gorgeous standard run and she dropped the panel. Very rare for us to drop a bar. And I watched my body language go, oh, and you yep. see Debbie slow down too. That's not fair. It wasn't her fault. I mean, she rarely drops a bar. This is not, it's not right. her fault. But it's usually our fault because Correct. Of I did a late blind coming out of a tire and didn't give her enough. And remember that the, the panel is only four feet wide. Thank you, Michelle. And so she has to get in a tighter spot. And I was asking her to run on a, on a, the line was curving. It was a hundred percent my fault. And yet I go, Ugh. I mean, you literally watch me. Ugh. What does that do to your dog? What does it matter? We end cute at that point. Showing your disappointment accomplishes absolutely nothing. Instead, That's you should be motivating. Correct. Instead, I'd rather you run out of the ring and obsessive wa- obsessively watch your video. I love that Linda McHugh does that. She's really good about that. She comes out of the ring and obsesses about her run. Sometimes she does focus on the mistakes, but lately, because she's been a queuing machine, she focuses on her good points. We all could pick each other's runs apart. Rarely do we have a perfect run. We might queue, but there's always room for improvement, right? Right. It's better to come out and go, oh, okay, I I did that nice front. I did a really clear blind here I did you know I'm watching myself and I'm hearing some of the commentary and people are going oh nice blinds my blinds are really dramatic I lean in and then lean out I kind of want to get away from some of that because it's I feel like it's unnecessary gesturing to my dog so focus on those things none of those blinds cause an NQ none of those blinds uh, you know I don't need to obsess over those blinds but we're we're here to help you get out of the obsession. But if you come out of or put on Facebook, you know, Phoenix Center Weaves today, then you're probably obsessing over that obstacle.
1: Yep. Yeah, so we talked a couple different solutions and different things that work for us. Um, I think one thing that we haven't yet touched on is while you're looking at your videos and while you're trying to pick apart your runs and figure out, is it a location-specific thing? Is there, let's just say with the seesaw, do they have a different brand of seesaw that you're used to trialing on or training on with your dog? So for example, do you have a max 200 seesaw at your training facility? And is the facility where you went to the agility trial a clip-and-go? Or even is it a newer teeter versus an older teeter? they drop differently. They sound different. So to narrow that down, can you potentially rent the ring or the equipment or do a private lesson with one of the instructors at that location if it's a training facility? And the question is, I think when you do that,
0: you're satiating two needs. One, we all preach that dogs don't generalize well. So if you you train at A facility that has hard matting and an old max 200 seesaw and it bangs loudly and your dog is cool with that and then you go to a facility on turf that has a clip-and-go that's super quiet and drops nicely and your dog is like "Ew, this is weird or you are like "Ooh, my dog thought it was weird so now I think it's weird I think it's important to really step back and say okay is this a generalization issue can my dog not understand that this is still a seesaw even though it feels different sounds different looks different smells different or is this a me issue? My dog took an issue with it, and now I've obsessed over it. Right. So that's that's where I think training at the facility will help too, just to ease your mind. So, for example, I'm going to use Juergen and his wonderful boxer, Henry, who's Walter's brother. I bred him. <laughs> While, uh, Juergen has done an amazing job with Henry. I'm a breeder, so, of course, I want to see all of my dogs out queuing all the time. But sometimes they need time to step back and, and work on problems. And Jurgen told me back in, I think it was April or May, Henry has a seesaw problem. And he even purchased a seesaw, he owns a seesaw, it goes in his basement, goes in his backyard. This dog knows how to do a seesaw. But I, not that I didn't believe him, but I was like, whatever, your dog is well-trained. So we rented during COVID, it was quiet. We went up to Amherst, which is one of the places that he says he has a demon. And the dog, sure enough, had a demon. I even tried to get him across, and n- not for nothing, but I'm grandma to him, and I am like gold. <laughs> and he wouldn't go across for grandma. So he definitely has reservations about the seesaw. Jürgen has worked through this, and he was able to get, I think, already two cues in novice standard with Henry. And then on his last cue, last couple attempts at cues, the seesaw demon came back. I think the first one was genuine. I believe Henry had some, I don't, the seesaw was placed weirdly. I don't want to fully blame it on Jürgen, but he got in his head the seesaw demon. I do believe the second and third ones were a combination of Henry's problem, but also Jürgen probably went to that line carrying the worry of the seesaw. Yep, worrying if he was going to do it or not. Correct. So he's now obsessing to the point where I receive a text tonight that's like, How do I rent this place? I need to get in here. And I so, I can feel his feelings. I've been there. I've been there with the weave poles. I'm like, she does the weave poles here, but she doesn't do them there. I need to get in, I, I get it. I'm not saying that renting the facility where he has the problems won't fix the issue, but I don't want everybody saying, in order to solve my obsession, I just need to do X. Sometimes it's a combination of mental game, training adding stress to your training so sorry to jump back to the wee polls, but again our helpful secretary who should just be a certified dog trainer at this point I went up to her and I said all right you helped me with Debbie's weave pole issues you told me if she pops you stop but what about Phoenix because if she pops and I stop that'll just crush her little soul she's a very different dog and Noreen said go on Go on. Let her go on. Don't let her know that there's an issue with these weepoles, because then we'll build yuckiness around these weepoles. And she said, why don't you, since you can't, we all know somebody would make a billion dollars if they could bottle trial stress up and sell it to us. Because we'd right? all buy it. And then we'd release it and then we could run with the trial stress. <laughs> but it doesn't exist. So we have to come up with creative ways to induce stress. And Noreen hit the nail on the head and she said, Okay, since you can't make the stress of the trial present and you weird, you can make the weave poles weird. So she said, You know, block the entry, do things where it's hard for her to get there. I actually couldn't even get there because when I tried to do weave poles in my yard, I realized she wasn't very solid on her entries. She couldn't handle me rear crossing them. I tried to skip through them, she couldn't handle it. So we actually, in fact, do have a training issue meaning she hasn't been well trained on the weave poles that's my fault we do also have a stress issue so I'm still training the weave poles going back and doing some foundation work with them and then I'm also going to start adding stress I can't add trial stress but I can certainly put a lawn chair in front of the entry and tell her to go weave and she's like uh how am I supposed to weave when that lawn chair is there and I go that's not my problem girl you problem solve that's the stress so that she's stressed out Doing these weaves, and then when she gets to a trial, and she goes, "Ah, there's no, there's no lawn chair. I can weave." <laughs> That's a valid point, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I haven't even gotten to the lawn chair part, and I've already improved my weaves in trial. Probably some mentally. Probably some because I wake up at, oh, dark thirty, and ask her to weave before we go to trial. But these are some things that are working for us as a team. So think about what can work for you guys as a team and if you can't come up with a solution reach out to us we're happy to problem solve for you we've been through a lot we haven't been through everything we're not experts but we've certainly had our fair share of obsessing
1: yeah send us your videos send us your so videos you have so we some can... trial videos or training videos you want feedback send us some videos
0: yes i would love to see this would be okay here's a super super duper ideal situation if you train in a place that is the size of a trial And you're able to convince your instructor, I had an instructor that if you gave her a map, she would build it. If you can convince your instructor to build or have parts of that course that you didn't have a problem, that you had a problem with in trial, but you want to see how you do in training, record both of them. And there's this great app called the coach's eye and you can do side by side. You can see the differences. I didn't use that for me, but I recorded myself in trials and knew what I was doing in training and I knew my weaves and trials were way different than my weaves in training.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to see how our differences mm-hmm. in training versus trial. Mm-hmm. I was
0: crowding. I was being, get him, go get him, go girl, you got him. Instead of in class, I'm like, get him, get him, get him, and I'm running ahead. Because I trust my dog in training. Yep, I don't trust my dog in trial.
1: Shame on me. Because my training is there.
0: Somewhat. I still have some more weave pole training, too, but
1: but you know what I'm saying. But right? yeah, it's the same with uh, so many people that have come to us and talked about weave pole problems where they look back on class just like you did and they realize they're like, oh my god, I'm running my mouth in trial when I don't do that in in class. Mm-hmm. So it's no wonder that the dogs are like, what's going on here?
0: Well, I've even heard people, you know, Betsy Grady, we've we've you know she and Lilith have a weave pole issue, and and if you catch her in the right moment. Betsy will get excited because she's like, I figured it out. She has to know that I have this meatball and not just the chicken. And so it's a meatball day. She goes and runs and she pops the weaves. and She goes, oh, I guess it wasn't the meatballs. I think it's maybe be less reliant on a thing and more open to your behavior, your attitude, and the way that you see the weaves, yeah. if you can. So this was very valuable information I received from Christy McNamara I had a little bit of a table problem, not like you, Michelle, but I definitely had a table issue. I was 100% the cause. I was converging on my dog's line at the table. So the table should be treated like any other obstacle. You don't run to the middle of the jump to send your dog over a jump. You run beside the jump. Why would you run to the middle of the table and meet your dog at the table when you're converging on their line and causing pressure, particularly for your herding breeds? I've run Noreen's Collies a couple times now, and they have a very big pressure bubble compared to my boxers. And so Christy said to me, stop meeting her at the table. It's not a meeting point. It's not a hangout joint. Treat it like a jump. Give her room to jump the table, i.e. get on it and complete her task. And that made a world of difference. So this weekend, when we had a weird convergence on the table, I told Phoenix, tire table, and I immediately cut in. To meet her at the table. And what does Phoenix do? Ran around the table. Why? I got in her way. Sure enough. Doesn't she do the weave poles right after that beautifully? Yes. Who caused that NQ? Me. Why? Handler error. I didn't get weird about the weave poles at that point. So really just think. How much of this is my mental game? How much of this is my handling ability? And what can I control and fix? And when yeah. in doubt, drink. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Look, you know, guys, get videos whenever you can mm-hmm. of training runs, trial runs, compare them, use that Coach's Eye app, whatever you got to do to see the differences. The mental game, shoe tags, you know, just reminders, you know, some some facilities even put up these really nice sayings on their walls or, or on the entrance of the rings just to kind of get you – to remember, it's a game. To try and help us focus and recenter ourselves a little bit. Do the investigative work. Try and figure out why it's happening. Is it a training issue? Is it a location issue? Whatever the issue may be, utilize us if you want to send us our videos. If you need some feedback or need some help, we're here for you guys. Utilize your instructors. You know, if you need to bring a certain obstacle out, if you need to give them a map of a certain course and see if they're willing to do that. You know, just open up that communication and utilize all of your options to figure out what's going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is about your journey with your dog. You should enjoy every moment of it, whether you're training or trialing and just, we're here to help. We've been through a lot. We haven't been through it all, but we're pretty decent at problem solving. I think Michelle and I are very good about being objective and watching things. We can see, I always tell people I'm a better coach than player. I can, I most of us are. Yeah. I can watch and critique better than I can execute. I know when I'm late, I know when I cause issues, I, you know, <laughs> I've harped on Michelle cause I'll come upstairs and Michelle will be like, Oh, good Phoenix, bad Kara. And I'm like, I know. And so it, it's one of those things where be cognizant and aware. And maybe I'm going to stick up for our dogs here. Maybe take, and I, I don't want you to put more pressure On yourself, I know we're already self-critical, but maybe take a little bit off the dog and put more on you and say, all right, how, what did I do wrong here? So when Debbie dropped the panel, it could have been a myriad of things. I was late on the blind. That's clearly the cause. She could have slipped on the turf. The blind was late, but she can compensate. She's done it enough, right? Like I could, I could argue back and forth about why that panel came down. There's no point late blind just assume it caused it don't do it again yep you know that's yep rather than worrying or obsessing you know oh you know one of the things i always worry about debbie's seven i know that's not old for many dogs but for a boxer it is my husband's actually dropped the word retire a few times on me and i want to punch him in the face when he says it but he's not far off i mean she, you know if she drops she starts dropping bars more you know do we have a medical issue like that's something for me to obsess over So it's just, you know, try, try to get out of your own head, try and be objective. And that's why I always say, if your dog does not stress out, let somebody else run them even just in training, ideally in trialing, because then you can really step back and see, I know so many of us have watched our instructors take our dogs and do what we couldn't. And then we go, Oh, it's clearly us Get in that mentality. It's clearly us that's causing this weird mental crap.
1: It's just transferring right down to the dog. It
0: just travels right down the leash. And even when there's not a leash, they, they smell it.
1: Bees and they dogs know.
0: smell fear. Bees and dogs smell obsession. They know.
1: They're so in tune. They're so in tune. So. They're so amazing.
0: Especially an athlete that's, like, used to our highs and lows. They're used to us being, like, cool as cucumbers in training and weird as wackos and trialing. So, you know, make it easier on them. That's yeah. all. That's all I pretty much have. I think this had. one was a
1: little bit longer, but you know what? I think I we know. covered some good stuff. We covered some good stuff. Don't panic. Don't obsess. I know it's easy. We, we know it's easier <laughs> it's said than so done. so much easier said than done.
0: <laughs> so much easier said than done. If we can help one person shift their dynamic, then we've succeeded. Yep. Because it took one person to talk to me and say, when she pops, you stop. If you don't weave, we leave. You know? And that yep. got through to my head, and now I don't—I don't have a weak problem with that dog at all. Yeah. I don't have any problems with that dog anymore because I wear shoe tags that say "trust your
1: dog," trust your training, trust your yeah. training. Yeah, one of my shoe tags says, "Agility is a journey. Enjoy the journey." It absolutely is. All right. All Thank right. God,
0: that note, we'll say adieu. Have a good day, night, week, evening, morning, dawn, whatever it is, whatever it is. Until next time. Bye. Bye. As always, thanks for listening. We would love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. You can also send us messages if you have a question about obsessing and how to help. We'd love to. You can message us at startlinepod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up at Facebook.com backslash pod or Instagram start at StartlinePod. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, wherever you may be. And thanks again for listening. And we would love any support you can offer. Bye.